Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey, hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 84. Really, really solid podcast. We had a lot of different stuff in there.、Um, We have a lot of different stuff, a lot of different things in there. We go deeper into race relations. I, I go off on the Olympics again. I think this is going to be a trend of me just talking smack on the Olympics.、Um, I start off things recounting my wild day and night out last night.、Um, again, don't do what I did, you know. <laughs> Do as I say, not as I do, please. Like, don't do that. <laughs> okay, and, and、um, yeah, so race, my night out, race relations,、um, whatchamacallit, movie stuff or TV, I give a TV recommendation. And also,、uh, I give, a, at the very end, give you another short video clip recommendation to show you what not to expect when you come to Japan. So, a lot of different stuff here,、um, a lot meatier than I thought it was going to be.、Um, but yeah, hope, hope you, you know, feeling it. And as always, enjoy. Hey, everyone, what's happening? It's episode 84 time. You know what time it is. It's time for another episode of Japan According to Akil, the podcast that is just me talking shit. <laughs> I don't know.、Um, Yeah, today was kind of a rough day for me. I am just getting, honestly, getting myself fully acclimated again. I had a crazy night, another crazy night out、uh, partying with a few buddies. And、uh, <laughs> I'll give you a breakdown of that. Tonight's episode. So,、um, tonight's episode, I'm just going to keep it you know, pretty much to the point. I got, I got an article for you, a few recommendations for you guys,、uh, some things, to, and actually、um, a TV show recommendation, which I haven't seen. I just saw like, the preview of it. If you've got Netflix and you're looking, itching for something to watch, so、uh, something raunchy, of course. It's coming from me, so it's probably going to be raunchy. But、um, that, that's about it. But first, let me recap my night last night.、Uh, <laughs> so basically,、um, What happened was yesterday, I went out with a couple of buddies, and we, um, first, the whole thing was to have a lunch, kind of guys' lunch. My first ever, like, really guys' lunch, taking my son out, you know, to meet, to meet some friends in an all guy environment, you know, kind of thing for him. His first time really having that experience, which is really cool, you know, as a, as a dad, you like to kind of、uh, see that. It was also one of them, his first time. Uh, meeting my son. So, another dude met him before. So, it was cool. It was just, you know, like us hanging out, dudes eating, stuff like that.、Uh, in central Tokyo,、uh, you know, Motosando, which is one of my favorite areas to really hang out in Tokyo, even though I don't really hang out that much anymore. So,、um, I'd say Motosando is my favorite area of Tokyo now.、So、like, if I, if I had a place to go to like, have some drinks, have some food, it's going to be Motosando, right? It's chill. It's、um, really. You know, classy, if you will, and, but not too classy, not snobbish, not like, you know, so, so like 
Ginza, if if you want to know a bit more about Tokyo, the classier money areas, Ginza is more, which I which I go through a lot for work and stuff, is more of like the older, classier, what's the word, like old money kind of area. Omotesando is more of like the younger, hipper kind of area. And um, actually, yeah, you know, you probably see more, actually I did, you see more like a Ferrari in Omotesando, not so much in Ginza, right? Like just that, yeah, you kind of look like a like a prick if you're driving a, a Ferrari through Ginza, maybe. I mean, although sometimes I see him, but in Omotesando, you'll be fine. If you got a Ferrari, you know. <laughs> so um, they took him out and, you know, had a great guy's lunch. Of course, I didn't drink when my son's out. Like, I had, like, one beer, but, um, I, you know, my other friends, they, they drank. But, you know, I'm not going to really, you know, got my son there. He's, like, two-something. I'm not going to drink. Um, and, uh, but after I, dro- I dropped him off, then we went out and it got stupid. Just bounced around different places. And I went on my first booze cruise, uh, which I haven't done, you know, apparently my first time. So um, there's, you know, in summertime, you can hop on this big cruise, like, ferry ship that takes you on a cruise around Tokyo. And one of my friends, he's been on there a bunch of times. And so we, we planned to do this before, but we were, like, debating whether or not we're actually going to make it. So, but we made it on there and cruised around it's basically all you can drink cruise so you know you're, you're cruising around tokyo bay and it's all just like young people there you know i'm in my late 30s so i'm like hey, whatever like we're just getting drunk just talking shit but um <laughs> and yeah it, it literally is you're just on the deck of this big ass boat sailing around tokyo it's a nice view um and they're just like handing out beers left and right so just like yo give me a beer give me a beer give me a beer give me a beer you know and then that's it then after that, went to Rapungi, uh, which is, if you don't know about Rapungi, is kind of the the party party. I think I've talked about it before, the party party area of Tokyo. And it's, again, if you, just in case you want to know, it's R-O-P-P-O-N-G-I. Um, yeah, it, I don't even know how what the equivalent of that would be, but pretty much the nightlife district of Tokyo. If you're going to Rapungi, you're going to party and stuff like that, so... Um, some people love it, some people hate it, you know, um, I, again, I used to go there all the time, in my 20s, especially, and stuff like that, but, but now, you know, so we went there, and I kind of started to black out after that, I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> like, but what happened was, uh, so we bounced around with a few clubs with my friends, one of them disappears, he went home, and, um, actually, there's this one club that I know, I, which I haven't been to in several years, um, but I know the owner. Like, he, you know, he's just a friend of a friend. Uh, and yeah, yeah, just basically through friends of a friend. And I go there a lot. So, you know, we, he knows me. I know him too. A really cool dude. The club, I'll tell you the club. The club's name is uh, Ibex, I B E X. So, definitely, I'm just throwing them a shameless plug like if you are if you do happen to come to japan you want to go out in Rapungi, definitely go to ibex ibex it's a really good club um he moved locations actually so i wanted to see the new location but in my drunken mind i should had no business going there because i was already really drunk but i went there and that's why i got blacked out and i probably knowing him like whenever i go there we i do shots with him so 
probably ended up doing shots at about like 10 o'clock at night. And like, I don't remember getting home. Like, I don't remember anything after that. Like, I like I don't remember my train ride home. Apparently, I made my train ride home because like, unless like I have like a huge credit card bill, which I don't really remember, you know. Um, but I had to take the train because it was early enough for me to take the train. So I guess I just stumbled my ass on the train and apparently I got to my train station and passed out on the street. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but I am just saying this on air. I'm not, first of all, I'm not recommending you do this. If you listen to long time, listen to the podcast, I think this is the second time I've talked about passing out on the street, like <laughs> on this podcast, but which which is a damn shame. Like I'm not proud of it, but you know, yeah, it's just on some dumb shit, you know. So, yeah, um, I, I I'm guess that's why I guess like I had a shot of um, of 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 something, probably tequila or something, because at the end of a long day of drinking, and I really didn't eat dinner. Like I, you know, we the last thing I ate was like that lunch. I didn't even eat that that much, you know. So because I didn't expect us to be drinking that long, like. We were, we were talking at lunch, literally, it was like, yeah, we'll probably just end up going home early, you know, and because all of us, were getting a little bit older now, and, you know, we don't, like, party like we used to, so I really was not expecting, like, a full-on night. I had work the next day, which is today, too, and, like, um, so I was expecting lunch, you know, a couple of drinks, and then, like, go home, like, early, you know, wake up with, like, a mild hangover, not, like, what the fuck happened kind of thing, um... So, like, yeah, so apparently I passed out on the road, uh, like, you know, from God knows when to, like, about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning when, like, some dude just walking past, I guess, at 3 o'clock in the morning just, like, tapped me, like, hey, wake up. In Japanese, it was like, yo, wake up. And, like, I just opened my eyes, like, huh, what? Oh, cool, thanks. And I just, like, got up. And I jumped in a taxi and came home. And, like, and of course, it got bad there, you know. Uh, lots of heaving. It got bad. But anyway, I, I was able to wake up and get myself together, go to work um, today. It was not fun. It wasn't pretty, but I could do it. And now I'm back here. So, you know, I'm finally kind of back to normal. So, But, yeah, it, it was it was a rough day today for me, so... That was, again, I don't, the please don't get the wrong impression of me. Like, I'm some kind of crazy party dude, like, party all the time. I'm really not. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'd say that part of my life is kind of behind me. Every now and then, I like to hang out, get, get crazy, have fun with the guys and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, I, you know, like, that's literally, like, a couple of times a year, you know, when, when I'm on that type of time, so, but, but it seems like I keep passing out on the street every time I do, but again, I don't recommend you do that, but it's just, for me, it's a testament to, like, you know, Japan is, like, a safe-ass country where I could wake up with my wallet, with my shoes, with my phone, everything still right there, you know, and no problem, on, like, on, on like, a Saturday, was a Saturday night, you know, midnight, like on the side of the road. That's Tokyo. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend you do that. I wouldn't tell you to try to do that. I hope I never do that again. But it happened, and you know, I'm all right. So, 
Yeah, yeah, that's Japan. That's Japan. So, okay. Anyway, anyway mm, another thing that's been going on here in Japan is um, I'm, dr- I'm drinking, by the way, I'm drinking water tonight. I'm not drinking any alcohol. Uh, so, um, another thing going on in Japan tonight is, um, fucking heat, man. It's hot as a bitch. Like, um, I wonder, let let me see if Siri's going to tell me how much is 35 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit. It's 95 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So yeah, it's about like. In Tokyo now, it's like 95, like almost 100 degrees uh, these past few days. Fahrenheit, about Celsius, 35, 36. It hit 37 degrees today. It's fucking hot. And I know you're thinking, well, would maybe in the country that you're in, you might be, or the country or the area you're in, it might be hot. But it's also fucking humid. It's not the heat here. It's the humidity of summer. The And I'm telling I was the only last week, I'm really... Like, I'm talking to Japanese people, and they're just like, yo, what the fuck were they thinking about these um, Olympics, man? Like, it's just crazy. Like, it, I'm, like, honestly, I'm I, going to keep harping on it because just because it's summer. Like, next year, these Olympics are going to be really fucking stupid, man. Like, it's going to be some real stupid shit going on. Uh, on, on you're going to really see a lot of media swarming around, like, the heat. And how danger is dangerously hot. Like Japanese people are dropping dead every day. Like you know, like I think like I saw a news report like fifty, sixty, seventy people already. You know, like every summer people die from the heat, but it's just a lot. You know, so I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. I, I told you I'm completely over the Olympics right now. Um, if I don't want to discourage anyone from coming here, but but yeah. Yeah, it's just summertime. Like August is not the move. No, August is not the time to come here if you if you can if you can because shit just gets funky out here. Um, one thing I was gonna say on another note. Sorry, I like just the weather is has been in my mind a lot. They're having another. Um, which will transition me into my first article for today, actually quite nicely, because um, let me pull this up. Uh, hold on one second. Sorry. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. I got distracted. I had an incoming message. All right. So, which, which brings me to another thing. So, um, the first article I have is from Japan Times, and it's, Again, it's related to the Olympics and just how much of a shit show this thing is turning into. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It, it seems like it's turned into a total shit show, right? Because um, here's the article. is Tokyo Olympic premium ticket packages sell for up to 6 million yen. Again, Tokyo Olympic premium ticket packages sell for up to 6 million yen. And this is an article from the Japan Times, I believe. Um and basically, I read through most of this article a couple of days ago. Again, I just save, take pictures of interesting stuff, and I'll just save it to kind of bring up here. So you've heard me talk about ticket availability here. Um, and, yeah, like, it, 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 they're having another ticket lottery that's uh, going on now. I'm thinking I might just say fuck it and just apply for some basketball tickets. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know. 
many people were getting in from this article, which I, again I read about a bit on. It's basically saying like they have you know a lot of the travel agencies and stuff like that have premium tickets available and they put together packages, but they're just expensive as fuck. And you know like like six million yen if you don't know is about like sixty thousand, roughly about sixty thousand dollars. So you can get a couple tickets and some other shit like some you know. But that's kind of how how this thing is really breaking down. And actually, one of the people I was hanging out with is kind of a, a bit, I won't give any details of it, but a bit closer to these type of situations. So he's got a bit more inside know-how on it. And he was just basically saying, telling me like, yeah, um, what happened is there's like, compared to normal Olympics, there's a, a huge amount, I think several, maybe possibly even double or triple, several times. He, after, he might have said more, I, we were drinking. So I forgot how many, but multiples, let's just say that multiples of, the average number of sponsors for normal Olympics, there are multiples of that. Let's let's just throw a number out there. Let's say five times, because um, I got a feeling he said six, but but uh, again, I was drunk, so I don't know. Um, but <laughs> but um, several multiples of the amount of sponsors for nor for other Olympics, right? Again, Japan is really a top-down kind of country. Large corporations they want a piece of the action. So those sponsors just wolfed up all of the fucking, not all, but let's say a large, because I don't, I don't want to overgeneralize, right? I don't want to over-sensationalize this, but they wolfed up a, a significant, I'll say that, a significant amount of the tickets. Again, this is third-hand knowledge. I don't really know how many people, how many sponsors, how, whatever, but this person would definitely be in the know of this type of stuff, right? So this is you know, behind the scenes type shit that you're getting. Um, and yeah, so basically, like, according to, you know, my buddy, like, uh, you know, the sponsors wolfed up all the tickets and they're housing them. And, you know, because of that, like, the ticket availability for everyday Japanese people is actually not, I won't say small, but let's just say not what it sh should be. And then you also have on top of that the increased demand um, from everyday citizens, you know, where we, because it's just like what thirty-five million people in the Tokyo metropolitan area alone, you know, and imagine people all over Japan who want to come see this shit. So it, you know, it just turns into um, one of those things. And for for me, again, this type of and, and a lot of Japanese people know it. Like all of my students, I talk to, I ask them about the weather, I ask them about what they think about the Olympics, and they're like, yo, "I'm staying home." Like they're like, "Yo, yeah, oh, what the fuck were they thinking?" You know, um, in this, like every literally everyone's like, yo, in this heat, because I'm like, yo, we're having the Olympics next year. What do you think? They're like, yo, in this heat, yeah, is uh, you know, like yo, and some people think like, oh, I hope the government's gonna do something. I actually one person I talked to today, she's like, well, I, yeah, this heat is crazy. Oh my goodness, I hope the government's gonna do something about it. You know, they should do something about it, and that's kind of what happens again in Japan. Like I said, foresight's not really 2020 here. Um, people kind of just put their trust in the government. Like, not really put their trust. Like, again, a tantosha or someone kind of in charge of something is kind of how Japanese society works. People like to have some... My feeling is people generally don't like to be responsible for shit here. Like, you know, um, so no one, because no one, basically no one wants to get the blame when the shit goes wrong, right? So, and I think I told you before, people like to complain here. So, 
those type of responsibilities, Japanese people really like to have a tantosha or someone who's in charge of something. You know, you're responsible for this. The word tantosha is just like a very useful word to to understand because it's like the person who's responsible, not even in charge, or responsible for something, right? So the tanto, like if anything goes wrong or you have any question, you go to the tantosha. You know, of any project, any whatever, like in in any complaint you have, you can bring it to them. Anything you need to get done, you bring it to that person. Like everything goes to that person. So what happens is is like with with even government and things like that. Like we have the liberal the Liberal Democratic Party, who like one party which has basically been in power for I think like fifty, sixty years here, except for like one after like the Lehman shock, the financial collapse of two thousand eight. There's like this one window where the um, opposition party won and they just completely like screwed the pooch for a few years and like now the lead party is back in charge of Japan. So because people are just comfortable with it, you know, and they kind of just not turn a blind eye to it, but as long as it's not negatively affected, generally speaking, as long as it might, and this is again, my only two, my only, according to me, right? This is my two cents and my view of it. Like as long as people's lives are not negatively affected, they're cool. They let it ride, and and it seems like with the the Olympics coming, it's kind of like people see all these problems, but the government's working on it. So, whatever, you know, like that's kind of how it goes. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of worried about it. It's gonna be crazy, but you know, hey, it's not my job to think about these kind of things. It's, it's kind of how it is, right? Like, until it fucks up, and that's what happens. Like. And for me, that is, like, the number one fault of Japanese society. Like, um, and I'm, this is not the best Japanese society. I'm just calling people on their shit. Like, you know, like, that's what it is. And if you live here, that's something you kind of have to understand. Like, I told you, that's, um, you know, like, me listening me listening to that person today tell me, you know, like, yeah, well, you know, the government will... Uh. Like, I, of course, I didn't say anything. I was just like, mm-hmm. Yep. It's not like she. It's not like she had. She wasn't saying it like she was blindly having faith in the government, but more like, well, it's kind of their job. And again, it's in English, so maybe some of the nuance of what she was trying to say might have been lost too. I have to take that into account. But, but um, I got the feeling like it was more like, eh, it's not my job, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, and but that's. You know, but but I again, a lot of foreign people, we can see this shit coming a mile away. Like I see the the writing is on the wall. This thing is gonna get fucking stupid. Like I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to be like a negative Nancy about this, but I just gotta call. Like I just gotta be the first one to call it. You know, um, put it on wax now. Like I've been saying it before, but it's really the alarm bells are really starting to ring off to me when it comes to the weather, when it comes to the tickets and the planning and the traffic. And, you know, it's just like I'm doing the mental calculations of, like, living here. And it's just like the hotels, like, it's just going to be crazy, you know. So, but, but I, I, you know, if you watch news coverage of the Olympics, there's always, like, the problems about the Olympics that pop up the year of the games and they get reported on. Then the Olympics happen and it kind of like gets glossed over and it's all right. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see like, you know, how these things develop before the Olympics, 
when they start getting reported on in major media, how it happens after the game starts, and also what happens after the games. But, you know, I'll be here to let, to fill you in on it. So half of it's just me venting my frustra- frustration at, like, Japanese society on here, too. Because, you know, basically I can't really talk about this shit. I mean, in detail, we t- I talk about it with other foreign people who live here, but that information is kind of self-contained within Japan. You know, like, people who live here clearly understand this, but it's, it's not getting out to the greater world. And, you know, I don't think it will until, like, a year from now. So, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever. Check out that article, though, uh, if you have a chance. It, uh, it'll give you an idea about it. So, all right. Um, another interesting article I found. I won't really... I don't think I read it. I think I skimmed through it a little bit. But um, another interesting article I found from this one's from Japan today is multiracial athletes sparking debate in Japan ahead of 2020 games. Again, multiracial athletes sparking debate in Japan ahead of 2020 games. And what this is basically is, um, um, you know, Naomi Osaka, uh, this guy called Sonny Brown, um, and. I forgot the other basketball dude's name who got drafted by the Wizards. So I should like the NBA team, Washington Wizards, which I should know. Uh, Nishimura, I think. I forgot. Fuck. My bad. Um, but, you know, they're all like basically what's happening is um, a lot of the more prominent athletes are kind of biracial, multiracial, not even biracial, multiracial athletes. Um, it's starting to really come up, especially people of color. Now I think about it, you know, tennis, track, basketball, um, who are really breaking barriers for Japan. And, um, but, you know, the thing is, like, you know, they're kind of half Japanese. You know, the thing, term half, there's actually a movie called Half, uh, which I haven't seen. Actually, I haven't seen it, but... um, like, uh, I remember it came out several years ago. I wanted to, I wanted to watch it before I had kids, but it kind of faded to the back of my mind. Uh, you might be able to find it, but I'm sure if you Google, like, uh, half Japanese movie or something like that, it, it might come up. Um, but, but yeah, this new gen, but it's probably it's a bit older, though. Maybe five, seven years old now. But... Um, this you know the concept of like what is Japanese is definitely being challenged, and I think Naomi Osaka kind of did a, it goes into the article mainly focusing on her you know after her big win at the U.S. Open, um how and I do I hear I was thinking about it, like I hear sometimes Japanese people say some shit where I'm like, dude like <laughs> if it's you're around me so I can listen to you say that but like. Can't go around saying shit like that to other people, like you know, um, because I think the term, you know, racism or or racial sensitivity isn't really something that's been prominent here in Japan because it hasn't been necessary, you know, because the country is like ninety something percent Japanese, so people might say some shit like you know, and again, people might say some shit in confidence and nothing like bashing other races and stuff like that, but just like you know, like racially insensitive things, you know, people might say. Um, I forgot what I was talking to some dude about. And he was, 
yeah, he he was talking about like he wants to like you know. Basically, he told me he wants to breed two people to, like, make a hybrid or something like that of Japanese people. And I was just like, uh, you know, I know he wasn't saying it to be... He was genuinely... That's the thing. He was genuinely excited and interested about it, you know, too. Like, but, you know, like, just... I didn't... You might be like, what are you saying? You didn't call him on that? Well, it's, it's, com- it's complicated why I wouldn't. But because that's just, but it just opens up a whole can of worms, and you know, um, I'm not here to be like a hero, if you will. Like, if it for me, for this is how I see it because you, you might be like, Akil, what the fuck are you talking about right now? You know, you might be going crazy on me, flipping out on me, and but I'll just tell you, like, I've taken a stance where if it's something that's not genuinely offensive to me, like, I'll, if someone says something that's offensive to me or something that's harmful to them, possibly, then I'll step in, right? And that's kind of the stance I've kind of taken with Japanese people. Like, if you know, if someone's dropping the M-bomb around me, like, or a Japanese person might try and do that, I'll, like, time out, we got to talk, yo, you know. I don't think I've, I don't think I've been in that situation. I don't think, no, I don't think I've been in that situation. There is a, yeah, yeah. I won't even get. I won't even get into that topic because I get way too sidetracked. But um, but um, um, or if it's harmful to them, meaning like you know, if they hold on, guys, sneeze. Excuse me. Uh, or like you know, as a teacher, like if I'm like okay, hearing someone speaking in a way or using words that I know will get them like fucked up or you know in a lot of trouble in another country, I might stop. This guy who I was talking to. Like he he's not talking to people, and he's definitely not having this type of conversation with other people. I wasn't offended by what he said because you know I could kind of understand in the context of what he was saying and his English level. You know, um, I knew he wasn't being like racist. You know, but what he said was racist. But you know, from his limited vocabulary, he didn't realize what, you know, he, you know, you know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, and just me trying to explain that would have been like, it would have taken like 20 minutes about what you, what words you can say. Cause he was using like a damn pocket translator. <laughs> he was like, the little thing is like, bloop, bloop, breed. He's like, yes, I want to breed them. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> crazy. Crazy, but whatever, whatever. Anyway, so so I mean, check that article out though because I got totally sidetracked on that. But but the point is like like I'm definitely seeing um, a trend in which you know. Um, half black kids, or okay, I'll just say half black, yeah, because it's true, really. Like you know, the the athletes I name, all of them are like half black. You know, um, are you know really kind of being seen in terms of their athletic prowess? You know, and maybe it's, it stands out to me because they are, you know, of course being black, like being half black, seeing half black people on TV is more noticeable. And, and, 
you know, I wonder how that will trickle down to my son in the future and how it is trickling down to him because, you know, automatically people look at him and they associate him with, like, being, a, he's like, okay, he can be an NBA player. Look, he's half black. You're tall. Like, and, and even though I'm, like, 6'2", like, I'm fucking barely a point guard and I got no handles. You know, like, <laughs> I tell people, dude, I suck at basketball. Like, come on, like. You know, that's definitely probably not in his genes. You know, it's not coming from me. So, um, but I don't know. So the point, the point. I'm sorry. I told you I'm not the sharpest pencil in the in the um fucking fucking pencil case right now. But the point is, from that article, um, you you'll get a feel like that the cult, the things are changing in Japan, and the awareness of uh, what what classifies as Japanese is starting to change. Um, I think it's going to be for just from you know being black and coming from America, being having sports being the leader of this could be like a bit of a gift and a curse. You know, especially for my son's generation coming up, as more again more and more multiracial athletes or biracial multiracial athletes are going to pop up. You know, um, and you know I hate to say it, but yeah, like it's gonna be maybe in sports where, you know, those kind of people become prominent. You know, sorry, I don't know what to say. Like, you know, I'm not saying like Japanese people suck at sports, but you know, certain physical characteristics of that foreign people might have. You know, mixing with Japanese DNA. You know, like. I don't know, you, you know, I'm talking to myself, so I don't know if what I'm saying is weird or offensive to you or not, I'm sorry, but this is this is kind of a, a bit uncomfortable conversation for me to have, actually, um, just because, like, I have no one to feed off of, I'm trying to really, you know, this is recorded, so I gotta kind of, you know, choose my words carefully, but, but I mean, it, it is true, though, like, um, you know, I'm... What I'm saying is, like, the acceptance of... Okay, here's here's the gist of what I'm trying to say. I like the fact that multiracial athletes are... The awareness of being multiracial is coming out now. What, what I'm a bit cautious of is that it's only coming out in sports. And I'm wondering, I'm waiting to see if that acceptance of what it means to be Jap- Japanese trickles down into all areas of society. That's what I was trying to say. Because, you know, like, Japanese people are, are kind of quick to put their arm around half-Japanese athletes. They're Japanese. We got them. They're on our team, you know. Um, but in terms of, like, everyday society and the nuances of Japanese society, they're half, not I was supposed to say half black, but <laughs> half-Japanese kids are kind of put in a separate category, you know, unknowingly by society. But, you know, because, again, I think people, it's not like Japanese people are racist, but there's a certain image of what it means to be Japanese. And one thing about Japan, Japanese people don't generally don't do well with outliers or unexpected things, right? Again, the nail that sticks out is hammered down. It's, it, and it's not hammered down directly by hammer. Just society kind of puts it in order and puts it in line. So half Japanese kids is kind of like a phenomenon where it doesn't naturally, it doesn't necessarily fit the, the it doesn't fit in the box. Like, you know, like how everyone expects things to. 
So people don't really, it's not like, ugh, get this out of here, but it's like, oh, whoa, hey, there's something different, you know, kind of thing that reaction that Japanese people naturally have. And, you know, I'm happy now, my son's generation, there are, be, like, have, my son's being born now because uh, multiracial, biracial kids are, are becoming a lot more socially accepted here than for even when I first came here. Like, being a half Japanese kid, like, 15 years ago was, like, a bigger deal, you know. And now, like, in the Tokyo area, it's like, you see them everywhere, you know, it's cool. I actually saw, like, my first, um, what, second generation mixed baby before i was like blown away i was like oh shit they're out here because you know in the area i work there's this half japanese girl she's married to a japanese dude and she has a baby you know so you know what i'm saying like for me it's like whoa that's i i it's crazy that that's even a thing to me like i never even thought about like the next generation coming after that you know because i you know, up to me, like, I, I mean, of course there are, I'm sure there are in Japan, but up to this point, like, I've only been exposed to, like, first-generation mixed kids here, you know, and um, because, I mean, if you think about it, the big influx of foreign people really happened, like, well, I would say, what, really in the 90s and 2000s, I, I, I would say, like, you know, just from my image and my perception outside of like, you know, American military involvement. Uh, I'm sure in like other areas of Japan, especially around military areas, there probably are like some second generation, uh, you know, um, multiracial kids or biracial kids. But in what I've seen, I've never seen, like that was my first time, you know, and I think, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think the, um, that half, you know, half a Japanese lady. I think she gets a little bit annoyed with me because I'm always like naturally see her and I'm just like look at her for a second. You know, <laughs> I just kind of half smile like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, <laughs> but she's. I can just tell by her atmosphere she's clearly grown up in Japan and kind of doesn't like the fact that I'm always kind of like smiling at her. You know, and especially since she, which I get. I mean, you know. Um, depending on who she grew up with and, you know, where... I don't know her upbringing. I never talked to her. I don't know anything. Um, but her atmosphere tells me that she grew up in Japan around Japanese people and maybe doesn't necessarily identify as strongly with her black side. So, you know, me being the black dude, like, yo, might make her feel a bit uncomfortable. I get it. But, hey, fuck it. Sorry, I'm I'm here. It's like, you know... I'm part of you. <laughs> We're connected. <laughs> so, so you know, I'll do it anyway. Um, and, you know, that that's an important part for me and my son as well, trying to keep him. Um, that's why it was important for me to um, introduce him to my friends. You know, one of them is black. Um, but but just guys and foreign guys and just expo explo exposing him to a lot of different types of people and in me who I am like I, I told my, I tell my wife and I told, explain to my friends like yo my job is 100% the black side the American side the Caribbean side you know and exposing him to those things how he wrestles with that and what he comes to terms with is on him. Like, my only job is to expose him to it. I don't want him to be like me. I don't want him to be me, you know, because I, I want to have some of the baggage that I have growing up in America, growing up in the inner city. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
he doesn't have that. Um, but I, I want him to take the best parts of me and 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 and, and mix him with the best parts of Japan, ideally, and be able to move forward in life. Like that's my goal as a father. So I mean, hopefully, that's the goal of every father. Um, so uh, so th- th- that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, but again, that article is pretty interesting and uh, definitely check that out. I got one more thing for you that I'm going to get out of here because it's almost my bedtime. I got to work early tomorrow. Um, I haven't seen this. Again, this is the Netflix dealio, right? I haven't seen it, um, but... Oh, no, I got two things for you, actually. <laughs> um, so first, um, Netflix. So there's a, a series. I saw it pop up on my Netflix too. It's called The Naked Director. The Naked Director. Again, because um, yeah, I won't give all the background information. It's not really important. But basically, it came up on my Netflix timeline. It's this new show. It's raunchy. Like I said, there's nudity in it. Um, it's about this porn director in the 80s in Japan and all this shit. It's, I guess it's based on a true story. It's a real guy. And um, it's about his life and stuff like that. So... Uh, if you're into like raunchy stuff, there is nudity, there is sex in it, you know, all the shit that I like. Because <laughs> I'm a dirty good, sorry. <laughs> you know what you're in for. But um, mm. you can check that out and get a, maybe a feel for what Japan is like in the 80s. There are some actually really reputable, reputable, is, don't, don't think this thing is like a B-list show either. There are actually some pretty heavy hitting actors in this. Even the the woman who was in The Last Samurai is in it. You know, I haven't seen her for a while, but she's in it. You know, it's the actress from The Last Samurai. So that tells you something, you know. Um and another actor who's pretty good as well is I think the main guy. When I saw him in it, I was like, Oh shit. So, you know, Netflix they throw their money behind shows, so so if if you're interested in that, you know, kind of wackiness, check it out. It should be pretty cool for you. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll get around to watching it, but, you know, I just saw it come up and it looks kind of interesting. So just thought I'd share it with you. Last thing I saw, <laughs> I was showing this to one of my students today and I just wanted to use this as an example. So... What happens is if you, you know, Sapporo beer is one of the, you might you might have it in your country, right? Uh, you might not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how popular it is like outside of Japan, but apparently they're making a push in the West to really get their beer out there. The can looks totally different. I was showing my student because one of his favorite, you know, he's he loved beer. And I was like, dude, check out this Sapporo can from like the the west and he was like what the fuck is that <laughs> it just looks totally different because they you know they ch- change their brand image really um for western society and really pushing the the aggressiveness of the support of beer and the japaneseiness i guess so like i showed him you know because i was watching football one day and i watched this fucking crazy ass commercial for support i was like what the fuck is that and they have i guess a two minute like compilation a two-minute video that, that probably they cut up in different commercial spots. So if you Google, uh, if you not Google, on YouTube, Full Sapporo, S-A-P-P-O-R-O. Again, S-A-P-P-O-R-O. So Full Sapporo Premium Beer Commercial Legendary Beer, B-I-R-U. But whatever, you know, if you put it, type in Full Sapporo Premium Beer Commercial, it'll come up, right? And it's probably the first one you'll see. It's two minutes long and two seconds long. 
I was telling the dude, like, this is what people think of Japan. This is what foreign, foreign people think of Japan. Like, just basically, if you watch that video and you think, whoa, that's so cool. I'm so pumped to go to Japan. You have a completely wrong image of Japan. I'm just letting you know. Like, that video is literally every stereotype, every image of what people think, Western people think Japan is like, you know, and that's what I thought, you know. So that's what I thought living in Japan would be like. It, that summarized it. And that's what I was telling the dude. I was like, yo, this is what this is what they think. This is what we think, like, you know, of Japan. Like, that's our image of it. Um, and it really isn't. It really isn't. So I encourage you, if you're if you're thinking about coming to Japan, if you're coming to Japan, take a second to watch that video and then throw it out of your mind, pretty much. You know, like, just be like, okay, this is not the truth. <laughs> like, you know, it really is just a westernized image that we project on Japan because it is such a... I know, I understand Japan's like a land shrouded in mystery and whatnot, but... um. It, that is not it. Trust me. They even had dragons in the shit. Like I was like, what the fuck? Like it, it, it was pretty wacky. I'm gonna. I definitely have to use that again. You know, um, in in lessons and stuff, just to talk about stereotypes. Just because because it's it really is like me watching it. I was just like, I haven't. I hadn't seen it for a while. I was just like, or I hadn't never seen the whole thing. I was just like, Jesus. Like you know, but um. That's about that's about it. So that's all I got for you today. We did forty five minutes strong. We didn't get to an hour, but things were all good. Um, I'm still got my equipment out. I want to do a little bit more recording. Then I gotta get hurry up and get to bed because I have an early day tomorrow. Half day. It's a holiday today. Um, it's and then I have to get some and then do family time. So, so alright, y'all. Uh, it was a good podcast. I'll holler at you later. Peace. <laughs>